Okay, worries about a warming planet means global agriculture could be facing a real tough future with lower rainfall and, well, drier earth. Now, the message from UN experts today is clear. We all need to eat less meat to help fight climate change. If we don't address this enormous issue of food, climate change, health, environment, we will regret it deeply. This week on Over the Farm Gate, we are celebrating our wonderful beef farmers as it is Great British Beef Week. This year, the 11th year, is focusing on recognising and highlighting British beef farmers and the work that they do to support sustainable production practices on their farms. It's due to the strides that these farmers make in this area that British beef continues to be amongst the most sustainable in the world. By 2040, British beef aims to be carbon neutral and with this target, the industry will have to take major changes to fulfil the same. According to the Floodplain Meadows Partnership, 64% of farmland is grass and absorbs more carbon from the atmosphere than slow-growing forests. With this in mind, Jilly Greed, the co-founder of Ladies in Beef, who created Great British Beef Week and a beef and arable farmer from Devon herself, joins me now. So, Jilly, welcome to the podcast. And first of all, what are you doing this week to celebrate Great British Beef Week? Well, it, it's a tradition in our household that we do celebrate and we'll have a nice rib of beef um, and we'll also have quite a lot of other dishes as well because it, it's a staple within our household. Um, and around the country, lots of other activity is taking, is taking place. I mean, for shoppers um, in store, they're going to see unpacked labels for Great British Beef Week. They're going to see um, promotional material on shelf. And then there are hotels and restaurants and pubs that will be featuring beef dishes on their menus and then I hope also that some people will be able to attend some of the fundraising events for the RABI and, and this has been a long-standing partnership with the Royal Agricultural Benevolent Institution to, to raise money for their much-needed charitable work. And so if you take me back to 11 years ago when you set up Ladies in Beef, what was the process to deciding to set up the organisation? Well, it, it came very much from, um, I think, frustration that um, Minette Batters, president of the NFU, and I felt at that time, um, we were both suckler beef producers um, and, and very much um, engaged in consumer marketing and activity, but in a very fragmented way. Um, and so we were brought together and we absolutely hit it off right from the start. But I think we realised then that we needed to actually bring together a voluntary group of women um, and, and at grassroots level and really start to open up those conversations with the supply chain. Um, and that actually happened a few years before. Um, but we were very fortunate um, when it came to about 2010 to be able to receive a small amount of seed cord funding to, to then put together Ladies in Beef. And that's where it all began. And we launched at Butcher's Hall in March 2010. And that was the start of our journey to create Great British Beef Week. And I, I'm really proud. I mean, I'm really proud. It's, it's a lot of hard work from a lot of women who are involved um, in our working group, but we're really engaged collaboratively with, with major organizations like the NFU, HDB, Red Tractor, um, the RABI, of course. 
but other partners who who come together for this week to make it happen. Compared to 11 years ago to now, what's been the difference that you've seen with Great British Beef Week and also within the beef sector? We function on a shoestring. It's voluntary. And so we don't have big budgets. But I mean, we absolutely punch miles beyond what we are because what we're able to do is engage on social media and digital. And that, I think, has been the biggest change. Um, It's very much a consumer campaign. It's this environmental sustainability message, which is the second year we've run this, has resonated beyond any other any other week where we've gone out with a particular theme. It's absolutely um, caught the understanding, I think, of the public as well as the media and, and such a positive response. I think that's the single biggest thing that has surprised me, that actually the public are really receptive to positive messages about how we are responding to the climate challenge, how we are really creating a, a product that, that, they, that is appealing to them, the grass-based story, how we're looking after the countryside, the high animal welfare, the care for our animals. Um, the fact we care, I think, actually really is part of this. Yeah. And we want to tell our, tell our story. I, th- I think they're so receptive to stories being told, particularly um, about farmers from farmers. They really want to know more. That that appetite is 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 completely undiminished. If 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 anything, it, it's absolutely increased through the kind of COVID challenges. Um, their understanding of food, of cuts, where it comes from. They're, they're, there's a big appetite to know more, and and I think that's perhaps as farmers one of the areas that we've just completely underestimated. That that actually. Um, the public are um, so used to perhaps buying in supermarkets um, that that might be you know wrong perception now because I think they're they're discovering local food and they have been you know for a long time regional food but actually farm shops and buying direct um, farmers markets and their good old high street butcher. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think the pandemic has really made people think about where their food's coming from. The lockdowns, you know more farm shops in my area are definitely popping up and, and that direct link that the farmer can have with the, with the consumer and ask questions about where their, their beef comes from. Um, so specifically this Great British Beef Week, as you mentioned, it's about sustainability. What's maybe the, the key aim that you want to get across to the public? That we're producing a really high quality product full of protein, iron, but it is being produced in a climate-friendly way. You know, our natural pastures, um, our grasslands, you know, from the high moors right down through the river valleys to the water meadows where we are, you know, we cattle and beef cattle are being used to manage those landscapes, but they're actually not just converting grass and, and the milk um, into a, a brilliant, protein and iron packed with vitamins and minerals they're actually doing another important role which is actually these pastures managed by cattle are downloading huge volumes and tonnages of carbon so they're part of the of the of the solution they're part of that journey to be net zero in 2040 um they are 
so much part of our iconic British landscape goes hand in hand. And without having grazing herds um, and, and particularly of suckler beef and those traditional breeds, um, we would not see this, this glorious British countryside as it is. Definitely. And, you know, it's already proven that 85% of the water needed to produce British beef comes from rainwater. That's according to the AHDB testing the water report. Do you think it's reasonable that the beef sector can become carbon neutral by 2040? Yes, I do. And I think, I mean, we're, we're finding on our farms, so I'm going to speak perhaps, you know, very personally about that journey that we're making here. Um, and, and it hasn't, been a very difficult change but um, six years ago we decided that our kind of extensive grazing wasn't perhaps the best way to manage our river meadows um, and so we moved to mob grazing in a in a tight electric paddock system um, and very quickly the, the herd adapted our suckler herd we've got about 100 cows and followers so it's about 250 head and we're, and we're grazing in the floodplains of the River X and the River Calm near Exeter. So it's very lush, you know, and, you, and they used to wander around, you know, 20 acre grass field, which is about the most inefficient way that you could possibly manage it. And, and maybe, you know, that, that was right at the time. But once you have awareness of climate change and these long periods of dry weather and then um, a long period of deluge um, and, and rivers flooding, um, at more frequently um, on, on one in particular, then you realise that actually you have to play your part. So, so this mob grazing grass-based system has been really honed in, in a fine way, including we're no longer ploughing on this farm. So we have taken the regenerative route and it's been such a positive result. And it's positive in also the kind of margin as well um, and, and managing the herd. But we're managing the herd now within the arable rotation um, and we're now for the first time carving outdoors, which is really interesting. Uh, the first time in, oh, must be four generations wow. not inside. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And, you know, there's so much healthier. I mean, admittedly, the weather has just been glorious, but the calves are healthier. You know, there's a, there's a lushness of the lays and the grass pasture as well, which is helping those calves get extra nutrition but it's it's cut down manpower labor cost you know straw mm. feed um and and so you you make this transition perhaps at the time you think oh you know i have loads of worries and i've been out with a torch you know late at night you know just checking the herd it's so much easier when it's in a shed but actually the, the cows are doing what they always did you know this is what they were bred for easy care cows you know carving in the field so, so there's a, there's a there's a need to embrace change, but we are downloading more carbon, um, more organic matter is going on. The worms, the fungi in the soil, um, it, it, you're managing your cattle more efficiently. It's an interesting journey, and and I think it, it is possible. I mean, some people don't do quite the mob grazing. Um, that we're doing, which kind of replicates um, this regenerative process as the bison in the, you know, the prairies in the Midwest and where we're seeing, you know, so much of it coming from America and South Africa as well um, in, in mirroring that and, and having these large herds. I mean, we move our, our, our young stock twice a day um, in order to get the growth on them. And 
but you can paddock graze and you can have two or three days where cows and calves can be or yearlings can be in 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 pasture but it's it's the moving them onto fresh pasture you don't get the flies either because by moving them you're moving them onto clean ground the worms take down those you know the cow the cow you know the manure the cow dung goes down quicker into the soil it's it's a really interesting process yeah and it sounds a very exciting time from what you're saying for the beef sector to to go on this journey and to to make these changes. A recent study that was commissioned by Ladies in Beef of about 2,000 adults found that half of Brits fall short when it comes to knowing what cut of beef from another, despite, you know, it being a regular staple in many shoppers' baskets. So it found that when it comes to beef, the nation is most confident in cooking mince and sirloin steak. And of those polled, 46% weren't able to identify where a sirloin steak came from. And another further 48% couldn't place where a fillet comes from. What do you make of these results? Do you think that, you know, the public just need to understand their cuts of beef more? Well, I I mean, first of all, I'm not surprised at all. Um, And, um, but I think it's also um, part of our, dare I say, our fault that we just haven't told our story and we haven't been connected to our consumers or perhaps to um, butchers and, and, you know, where those farm shops that have butcheries and are using their own animals in their meat um, supply and in their display, those butchers will have, you know, tremendous knowledge of the different cuts and the inexpensive cuts as well. So shin and shank, and skirt, which is a particular favourite of mine, um, and uh, it, it, you know the, these are really inexpensive cuts, and they're going to be an absolute godsend, I think, through this very tight consumer, um, you know, pressure with 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 energy costs and fuel costs and just general cost of living. It, there's a there's a really good opportunity here to to enable the consumer to understand much more about the other cuts because of course fillets because it's it's just such a small part of the carcass and 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 you know the other you know rump and sirloin which tend to be in the eating out market which you know is having still some challenges and recovery is I think quite slow for that sector Mm. you know they've been hit so hard by covid that's that's where you tend to see the primals um so so I I see this as a really good opportunity this is a real opportunity to get engagement and things like Open Farm Sunday, Great British Beef Week, Love Lamb Week, farm visits, school visits. I mean, we're starting to have some, some a large number of school f- visits on this farm. But these are the engagement opportunities. Um, and, and I think, own, you know, this is a really good survey because it highlights the challenge, but the opportunity as well. Again, the public are receptive. Recipes, you know, we there's a plethora of recipes. People are trying new things. And, you know, lifestyles have changed. And in some ways, much for the better. People are more curious. They're, they're thinking about their diet. You know, vitamin B12 plays an important part in, in the immune system and blood and muscle and brain health so this you know when we are rich in vitamin b12 it's not naturally found in plants so these are big opportunities in communication to consumers 
The survey also highlighted that half of Brits believe British red meat is sustainably sourced and 42% think that the UK farming practices are more sustainable than other countries, which, you know, is an accurate assumption as British beef is some of the most sustainably produced in the world with greenhouse gas emissions 52% lower than the global average, which is according to the Centre for Innovation Excellence in Livestock. So what do you think that beef farmers can practically do to promote the industry and to help educate the public to know more about this British beef? At at the very least, um, conversations in the pub, um, in the village shop, um, you know, with your neighbours is a really good starting point because they public so want to know uh, it's easy for me to say this because i've been doing it for so long but actually i'm never disappointed by the public really wanting to know about how we produce our beef because they really don't have much contact point with farmers and yet if you engage if you show if you talk about and and every farm has a story, you know that that's 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 what's so interesting, and and there is a really receptive public. You only have to look through a TV schedule at night to see how many farming programs are on there, and they're coming at it from many different angles. And this isn't farming programs for us, as the industry. These are farming programs for the public who just their appetite seems completely undiminished. So at that very level, start there. And then and then I think you can start to do perhaps some more structured things, which include, um, you know, the visits on farm visits are probably the best way to do it because it, it, it is complex. I mean, I, I mean, I sometimes I think we completely underestimate just the skills and husbandry that actually goes into raising beef. We really do ourselves down a bit, if I'm honest, you know, the science, the knowledge, the technology, the care, you know, the going out at all hours, you know, caring for sick animals, um, how we manage the, the, the land, the fields, the grass, right the way through the season, what happens in the winter. And, and many people now are, are very much engaging with their allotments, their veg plots, they're growing their own. Um, you know, we have such an opportunity. We're pushing on an open door. We're really pushing on an open door. So, so then it's quite easy, I think, to bring in about climate change and the sustainability message. And they're also seeing what happens in other parts of the world. They're seeing the drought. They're seeing, dare I say it, the appalling feedlots. I mean, there's been enough coverage on those, you know, Australia, um, South America, deforestation, the US with hormone beef. Um, And I think I think the public are wising up and they want to know more. So start small, start the conversation where you feel comfortable and then and then open it up and you can and you can do other more events, structured things, work with others, collaborate. I mean, there's there's plenty enough material. The NFU are very good at this and there's other bodies as well. Um, Open Farm Sunday is, is, is a particularly good initiative. And, you know, if consumers want to know the best way to support British beef, for instance, or, you know, if they're in the supermarket and they don't really know about British farming, how can they be reassured that the beef they want to put in their trolleys is British or what should they be looking for on the packaging? Absolutely. I'm glad you asked me this question. Red tractor logo. 
look for the red tractor logo. Um, and, and it's a, a quality mark, but it's an audited trail from the field right the way through to the fork. Um, and, and farms are inspected and abattoirs and processors and retailers are all inspected. So that's a high level of farm assurance and quality. So look for that, look for that and buy only that red tractor stickered product or where you have assurance from a retailer that that is truly British. So I just I just want to perhaps come back to a point that actually Manette has raised from time to time about where it all began. And, and, and it was a point she made, you know, we are the starting point of British breeds and the iconic British beef. And we've exported our genetics around the world, particularly Herefords and Angus, but it all began here. And we can be the preeminent and the most sustainable beef system in the world in this country. And I think that's the ambition that we, we must have as an industry. Yes, there's gonna be people undermining our product, um, but we have the best climatic conditions. It's a maritime climate. Um, we have the beef breeds. We are understanding the systems, how we can use them to, to be a climate friendly, um, leading player in the world, the most sustainable systems in the world. We are well below the global average in terms of um, greenhouse gas emissions. Um, so, so I think this this is this is our opportunity. This this is where we can be pretty quickly because we're already doing it, and sometimes we don't even realise we're doing it. That maybe is the frustration. Um, and so telling our story, being there, um, taking that first foot initiative to, to, in, to engage with con consumers, spread the word. And, and I mean, the social and digital platforms make it so much easier or collaborate with others to do that. that that's, that's another opportunity. Oh, well, thanks for joining me today, Gillian. Happy Great British Beef Week. Thank you very much indeed. Reaching a pivotal 10-year milestone, the British Farming Awards are back. Bigger, better and ready to celebrate the nation's extraordinary farmers. There are 16 refreshed award categories that support many agricultural sectors. You can enter yourself for an award or nominate someone you know by visiting britishfarmingawards.co.uk. Entries close on the 24th of June. Good luck. Beef farmers up and down the country will be promoting and educating the public this week by sharing their stories. And one of these farmers is Maddie Clark from Suffolk. Maddie has grown up on beef farms throughout her life and has always been passionate about the sector, which led to her attending Eastern Agricultural College, studying a level three extended diploma in agriculture. I'm delighted to say that Maddie joins me now. And so first of all, Maddie, why don't you just share with the listeners where you farm? Yeah, so the farm is based in Kettlebaston um, in Suffolk, which is about five miles from Lavenham and about 10 miles from Bury St. Ed. Um, the farm is actually owned by the Shadwell Estate Company and is one of many farms that they own throughout Suffolk and Norfolk. So the, the farm is about 450 acres, um, predominantly all heavy clay, 
And then we have roughly about 70 breeding females, all pedigree Aberdeen Angus uh, plus followers. And there's roughly 500 sheep, um, which are predominantly north country mules. Um, and they're kept on site for grazing management, really. Um, and then some of which are lambed. And talk to me a little bit about growing up on a beef farm. You know, was that what gave you the real passion to work in the industry and to help promote the work that you do within the industry? Yeah, so I've obviously been born and born and bred on the farm. Um, my dad's been a beef farmer all of his life, always worked with, with pedigree cattle um, and the same with my granddad as well. So um, farming's obviously in the blood. Um always loved living on the farm and, and never known anything else really I've always got stuck in um, and farming is definitely something that I've always wanted to do and following my dad and my granddad's footsteps. Yeah and so as I mentioned it is Great British Beef Week why is this week so important for you? So it's important um, for us that our consumers know exactly where the beef is coming from um, it helps promote the importance of buying British beef and it just helps educate the consumer, as I say, where the beef is coming from and how it's produced to such high standards. Obviously, um, beef in the UK, well, any meat in the UK, lamb beef, um, you know, we do have such high standards, welfare standards, probably the highest in the world. Um, so it's just important that consumers understand, you know, where the beef is coming from and, and how it's reared and, and why uh, it's important to buy British beef. And do you think that Great British Beef Week has a real impact within your sector? Do the, do the public really engage with it and do you think it does make a big difference? Yeah, definitely. I think um, through advertisement on social media especially, um, people are seeing, you know, Great British Beef Week, what it is, what it's about. Um, and I think it gives consumers a real big push to actually go out and make sure that they're buying British beef, um, which is which is massive. You know, I think it, it's reminding people to look for the Red Tractor label, to look for British beef in the supermarkets, or even push them to, to buy local, you know, buy from the local butchers. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think it is. It, it's got a massive impact. Um, it's, it's helping educate consumers, the, the public, um, and, and school kids, college kids. Um, and yeah, I, I think it has got a massive effect. You're obviously so passionate about the production of British beef. What do you think the sector could do more to promote itself? So again, I think the, the biggest importance is educating the public and, and getting or pushing education in schools and colleges. Um, it's important, you know, that, that people do know where the beef is coming from, how it's produced, you know, why buy British beef and, and not buy imported cheap meat um, from other countries. So what's the one thing that you'd like the public to know about the beef sector in our country? You know, if there was just one thing that, you know, one key message that you wanted to get across to them, what would it be? It'd be that British beef is produced with such high welfare standards. Um, Farmers do everything they can um, to look after and rear, you know, these cattle to the best of their abilities, produce the best beef that they possibly can. Um, you know, to such high welfare standards. 
Yeah, and so when you graduated, you became a freelance stockwoman for a while, spending time working across various pedigree herds with show and sale prep as well as helping with carving and lambing. What was that like? Obviously, um, you know, still working on on the beef farm, but also working in the industry in this way as well. Yeah, it was an amazing experience. I must admit, I was very fortunate um, to get to work with so many different um, farmers on, on so many different farms across the UK. Um, I worked under some of the best stockmen in the industry um, and, and gained lots of experience and, and learned you know, an enormous amount of knowledge from them. Uh, it's great to see how different farmers do different things. Um, obviously not everyone's the same not everyone brings cattle out the same um, and not everyone rears cattle the same you know some people are intense doors some people have the cows out all year round um, and and working with different breeds of stock as well so um, I was very fortunate and I, I learned an awful lot um, and can't thank you know the farmers enough for for letting me go and work with them and and rinse all their information out of them, basically. <laughs> yeah, and then in September 2021, you um, became UK Sire's beef specialist. What kind of role does that, you know, mean for you? What what does it include, and and how are you able to promote the beef sector through that job? Yeah, so basically, my day to day role is a breeding advisor and beef specialist for um, UK Sire's. UK Sires is the um, largest fully independent EU licensed bull stud and semen store in the country. Um, so, a fully independent company, British owned company. Um, I spend most of my day phoning um, beef and dairy farmers, trying to um, help advise on their breeding goals for the farm um, with bull selection. Um, and obviously, as a beef specialist, I'm doing a lot with beef procurement and bull procurement um, throughout the industry as well. So I'm going to bull sales, um, you know, speaking with customers, trying to find bulls to come to the stud or take semen from them on farm um, so that, you know, we can all a lot of farmers can, can use the semen um, widely throughout the UK. So... Um, you know, it's very important that, that we offer or can offer um, all British beef bulls um, to our UK farmers, you know, for, for semen use. Yeah. And what would you say you enjoy most about working in the sector and producing British beef? Yeah. So I love being able to talk to various farmers throughout the day. Um, it gives me great satisfaction that you know, you're helping advise someone on their breathing decisions um, on farm and they're getting calves on the ground a year later, um, you know, and they're going on doing great things for that farmer, you know, produce, making the money um, and, and giving them great success. So, it's you know, it gives me great enjoyment to do that. Um, and it's obviously great speaking to so many different farmers up and down the country pretty much all day, every day. Um, so it's, it's a really, really great job and, uh, yeah, something I love to do. And obviously it is Great British Beef Week this week, as I've mentioned. What are you doing to promote it this week? Yeah, so we're, um, we're putting a lot on social media, um, through 
UK Sires Facebook uh, and social media pages. Um, we're promoting that we've got um, all British beef balls on stud and um, semen available to buy. So we're really pushing on that side of things. Um, and then on the, the farm side of the business, the, the Shadwell um, Pedigree Aberdeen Angus herd Facebook page, um, we're promoting what we do daily um, on farm, just giving um, you know our followers an insight as, as to what we get up to, how the cows are looked after, where the beef is coming from, um, and just really you know trying to give people an insight into great British beef um, and, and making sure that um, we're helping support support Great British Beef Week. Maddie Clark, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you to Jilly and Maddie for that. That's it for this week's episode of Over the Farm Gate. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite platform to make sure that you never miss an episode. We'd also like to know what you've been doing this week to support Great British Beef Week, so please do get in touch. We love to share your pictures of what you've been doing on the farm on our social media. We'll be back with another episode next week, but until then, I've been Lucy Baxter, and from myself and all the team here at Farmers Guardian, stay safe and we'll see you soon.